Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host again today, Rich Polly, and joining me is the littlest hobo, Ben Hibbert. Hello. And the biggest hobo, Liam I'll have Baker. you know, actually, I've just bought a house, so I can't be a hobo. Oh, ruining all my jokes. Uh, Never mind. Anyway, the, the biggest hobo, Liam Baker. Hello, I have a place to live in, so I'm not also not a hobo. You're technically a squatter. You are. <laughs> in Yasmin's house. Yeah, fair. Because she's a bad and, person, isn't you? And pet sitter. <laughs> I thought you were the pet. Wait a minute. Yeah. Who's the pet sitter? Yas? Both. She looks after <laughs> me and I look after the animals. I like to think that you've got like a massive dog bed at the bottom of the bed. <laughs> Yas, Yas and Boba sleep in the bed and Tim's, Tim's on, the, on the floor at the bottom. Tim? Yeah, let's let's not let's not start those rumors now, Rich. <laughs> not again. Not again. <laughs> let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> so, also joining us, often on, possibly more or less, depending on whether he gets called out. It's Tim King. Hello there. Uh, we're going to call him the the OG Timbo for today. Yeah, and and, um, and but... as I've just put in our chat as well, I think Emma bought a house and Ben just came along for the ride. So. Believe it or not, I'm the one who put the money away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I That's put it in happens. my secret sock drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all, all that happened is you didn't spend money on X-Wing ships for about three years. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you can afford a house. Who knew? Yeah, but if, if they brought it out, I might. if they bring too much stuff out, we might have to sell it so I can buy more. Yeah. mortgage. <laughs> if they um, make it so I can have like three gauntlets, it's getting gone. We'll have to sell it. <laughs> all right. Also join us. <laughs> Wait, let me, let, me, let me get to introducing everybody and then we can start the high quality content. Um, also joining us, it's a bit of a zoo today, as you can tell, but um, chief among the animals, it's a member of the XTC winning Team Canada of Star Wars Gaming Ontario, uh, Tim, Timbo, Timbo Slice, Tim Ralphs, Tim. Hiya, Tim. I'm, hi, very, very happy to be here, guys. I'm definitely not one of the members of the XTC team that um, that won it all. Uh, I'm more oh. of a volunteer community organizer, uh, longtime player from Ontario, Toronto area, um, and uh, the guy who organized that ridiculous uh, RV uh, big house. <laughs> oh, you're the Canada battle bus. So yeah, more of a more of a, a problem maker than uh, than a, a great player like Cam or uh, or Jean Philippe Goudreau or something like that. I, l- listen, listen! Don't do yourself down because without people like you and me, because I'm I'm like that, the good players don't actually get to go to events to win them. Um, so, you know, because they all sit at home going, oh, "I'm sure there was something I was meant to be doing today." We we've got a couple of X-wing dads in our in our community. We've got um, Phil Blackmore who used to wrangle the lads from Just Play, and a couple of them were really really good and genuine contenders when they got to events. But genuinely, they just forgot to turn up to events sometimes if he didn't remind them and pick them up and tell them where to be and when. That's like so. Tim to me. Tim's my ex. <laughs> he is. So you're you're Tim's Canadian twin brother. That's what we've decided. Ben Ben's joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so at some point, the two of you are going to meet and play to see who's going to be the one true Timbo. Yeah, um, well, we'll have to do like a Highlander a Highlander stance moment, something or something like that. But no, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I thought you were going to chop his head off if you lost. 
No, it's this true. You, you, know, I, you, you can't have the band without all the members, and I'm, I'm definitely more of a Ringo than a than a Lennon. So oh. you keep the rhythm, but you can't sing for Toffee. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Well, that and I actually also play the drums. So yeah, I've always been a big admirer of Ringo. Uh, Obviously, not very good on drums. Then. <laughs> it's it's musical beef, musical beef coming. Being Canadian, you probably like like Brian Adams and Celine Dion and Katie Lang. They're they're your three pop stars, aren't they? Apple Levine. Uh, yeah, I mean, for myself, I'm a child of the '90s, so I'm more of like a, an Avril Lavigne. Um, of oh, you, you're the horrible people who brought us Nickelback as well, aren't you? A Nickelback. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm just going to move us along a little bit from general Canada baiting to see, see how far we can push. See how far we can push the hereditary politeness of Tim. Um, and, um, so Tim's come on to talk to us about a, a couple of different things. We're going to jump on to them in a, in, in a little minute. Um, before we do that. Um, Something cool happened today, actually. Store kits have started to be uh, to arrive in stores in the USA and in uh, the UK. Um, other countries may vary, but um, Rich Greenaway has um, got the one that came into his store down in um, Bristol, maybe Excelsior, possibly, um, opened it up. And anyway, it contains only cards, so... You know, a little bit disappointment that there's no sneaky acrylic being crept in there. But you know, we still face. got the acrylic. Well, we still got the stuff that came over from Worlds. So you know, most know. stores are going to be supplemented with that anyway. Um, but what it does have in it is actually four copies of everything, because they've come in four languages. So it's in German, French, Polish, and English. So there's not just one copy of the really cool poll card for the winner. There's four. Um, so there's only one invite um, to Worlds in a in a store kit, but there's four copies of everything else, which means there's 128 copies of whatever there was 32 versions of. Um, so you know the two Polish lads that are going to be at the um, the Element Store Championship, um, they can have 30 16 cards each um, for their participation prizes if they want, or we can all end up with hilarious French, German, and Polish versions of different cards that are in the in the kit so what were um, the four languages french german polish english english <laughs> think they, they, they've been released in the states where the only other unofficial national language is spanish and there's no spanish is what you're saying i'm not sure because they they've launched the english versions um i've not seen a confirmation of what the four languages actually are there you go. um but the uh <laughs> Definitely not Italian was the one thing that I did hear. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in English, yes. Italian, no. Three other European languages. <laughs> um, one of which is probably German, because um, oh. as we do German, it's functional. So, um, I was so, a bit yeah. spicy, Mr. Polly. Well, no, it's fine. It's fine. The other thing to notice is that if you want to buy a world invite instead of having to try and win one, move to Pensacola, Florida, <laughs> where a um a store accidentally bought five of these things, even though we were only allowed to buy one each in Europe in, in, right. in the UK. Um and uh and then stuck them on the shelf and some ent uh, en enterprising X Wing players went, That's a store kit. It's Awkward. got a <laughs> 
and they were sold out. And the guy, they, they, somebody from the community went, dude, they, they were for running events with, like in the winter, get an invite to Worlds. They're like a big deal. And he was like, oh, yeah, they sold really fast. Wish I'd ordered more. Because <laughs> like, they've got a default store policy to order five of everything that Asmodee put on the list. So they just order five and stuck them on the shelf and they got sold. So apparently, um, I have heard, but completely unconfirmed, that local tournament organizers and community people spotted them and went well they shouldn't be up for sale and, and are going to run events with them but hopefully that'll be the case but yeah anyway a bit awkward but that's that yes and bounty hunters have been dispatched for the people that bought them and took them home <laughs> i can i can imagine that somebody somewhere in asmodee somewhere is going to be a little bit grouchy um at, at what went down in that particular area that um it's happened but uh, hopefully they care. Hopefully they care enough to do something about it and, and reprimand with the store so they don't try and do it again. But Don't uh, you because... have to register with them the winner of the kit? Yeah, but it's you just write a name on the ticket thing that comes in the pack. I and... thought you had to email them as well, though, or something. Yeah, but that information's in the pack, isn't it? So, you know, if I buy it, I email them and go, I ran this event and this guy who came first, name... second and third... <laughs> Yeah, let me just set up a temporary email address and send you send you an send you an an email that says that I've won a ticket, and also so of my two mates. <laughs> That's pretty Around much what happens with uh, what's he called? I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. What? Good anecdote. Yeah, I forgot his name. It's gone. I totally forgot who I'm talking about. Are you talking about Pete Waterman with "Write the Theme Tune, Sing the Theme Tune"? No, no, it's no. Some, it's completely gone out of my brain. Right. Okay. I didn't. I, done too much thinking today already oh, yeah it'll wake you up in the middle of the night you'll be like that thing that's what i was gonna say um i'll send him a voice recording insert this in the podcast <laughs> and they'll say, say no i'm not editing it unless i really have to um so yeah there's that um so that's that's store stuff. Um, that's quite exciting um, that it's it's actually happening, and we've got the kits in hand in, in different stores, and that means that there's going to be an OP season running in, and it means that we're going to have a bunch of people, hopefully including a few of us, um, bouncing over to Adepticon next March to to do Worlds again. So um, we're really looking forward to what the OP season has to has to bring. Um, on that note, um, I don't know if we've mentioned it, we're probably in passing, but I think all of us are going to the UK Games Expo. Um, definitely, yes. Um, not, I don't think Timbo is. Not Timbo. Sadly, no. no, not this time. <laughs> no, I got across for some of the big European events. I, I almost made it across uh, in 2019 when there was a big um, European event because I had to be there for work, but I missed it by like a week and a half. <laughs> Try harder next time, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's great to see like um, the big European events getting the like international travelers, and we're we're really fortunate that people come to the event that we run um, from all over the world now. Um, it seems, and um, I remember the system opens just being the the huge system opens were just like you'd go in and there'd be a Belgian person, a Dutch person, German people, French, you know, Spanish, Italian, just like little country-based cliques and then like 400 English or British people rattling mm -hmm. around the place as well. And it was just like, it really felt like an amazing event. And I'm hyped to see if OP can get back to that kind of, I don't think we'll get to that level of people, um, but or it'll take a few years to do so. Um, 
and I don't know whether at MG have got the desire to do kind of a system open level thing, but we can always try. Um, if anybody's wondering what the the weird whistle sound is in the background, by the way, it's Liam playing FIFA while he's not talking. So, mm-hmm. um, shall we just kick him? <laughs> if if I hear that whistle one more time, I'm going to kick Liam. Depends. <laughs> Depends. Is he playing as Chelsea? Because then it's okay. No, it's not. No, I'm playing as my own team because career mode lets you do that now. Okay. Yeah, you get to the script. Should we, should we turn this into a, into a FIFA podcast? No, let's not. No, um, I don't like cool. FIFA that much to do a podcast on it. Okay. So we can't manage to not play in it while we're talking. <laughs> we're, we're, on, we're only being nice to you because we know that Ben just sits and plays Marvel Snap the whole time that it's going on, so it's fine. Um, so, Tim, or Timbo, I should say. I love what you were saying, though, Rich. I love what you were saying about uh, system opens because we we have a very similar origin story for for Team Canada X-Wing that travels to Worlds now for for two or three times. Um, In in 2017, when the system open series concept was still kind of new, there was one held in Syracuse, New York, which is directly across the Lake Ontario from Toronto. It was the first time we ever put um, a bus tour together and Chris Allen and a few of the other crates had driven way too many hours uh, from the, the southeast coast of the states up to Syracuse as well mm-hmm. and, and we rock up to the front door and park this this tour bus across the street from the venue and like 25-30 of us rock out to, to a system open that was I think it was about 200-250 people like it was a big system open yeah, and it was the Naboo one that year, and you know, ever since then, a lot of us had a similar kind of thing that you were just talking about, where these system opens were such an interestingly different experience. Like it's it's not your local kit tournament on a weekend. It's not even a regional or a national. It's it's an international event, and I think that you're right. It may take us a while to get back there, but I don't know if it takes time, or if it just takes the right people, um, all working together to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think the system open size that the USA hit, and I'm not trying to do a bit, of, little bit of um, genitalia measurement here, but the system opens in parts of the US were small, right? They were kind of, you know, hundred, hundred and twenty people. Something oh yeah. Like that. Um, compared to yeah, compared to European ones, no, we were we were half like the one we ran the one we ran in Toronto in twenty. 19 sorry 2018 we we just came short of 200 yeah and for us that was a massive success but yeah you guys in europe you had like four or five hundred people so, uh opens right yeah i mean the, the, so a, the i think it's like 650 weren't it so like we had one, one that was 500 and then we had one that was 650 and that was the last the last one that happened um in the uk um and that was just like it was so big it was ridiculous like all of your tournament strategy just went out the window because you were actually, you either got paired into really tough matchups in round one and two and just crashed out and couldn't do anything about it, or you, you got through to round five before you actually met a decent player because people had got good matchups and you know there were people on five and oh and you were like, What's going on? How, how are you, what's going on? You could also lose every game and hit a great player as well. Yeah, like every single round it was crazy. Yeah, it was just mental, like uh, properly, properly crazy. And then, of course, in a room with six hundred and something people in it playing X Wing, 
what happens in round one and two is that, you know, the seven of you that travel down together all get paired into each other and are three tables apart. And it's just like, what's going on here? Um, well, that's it. I, I love the I love the sub the the sub logic in the new Longshanks application because full transparency. You know, just before the pandemic, um, things went sideways for me in a big way personally. So I really stopped playing until about I want to say five or six months ago. And when I started playing again, um, Longshanks really impressed me because of that. Um, aspect of the algorithm where even if you go to a kid event that's like 12 people if you're marking your id as the same squad or the same group or the same kind of region as other players in the tournament if possible the application will avoid pairing you guys to uh, as long as it doesn't mess up any of the other more primary logic of the tournament structure yeah so you can set it up for round one um and it's comfortable able to do it if you try and force it into round two it gets complicated and it it, it fails um but yeah for round one it's like we're going to do it next year when we run events because we had people who were saying like you know we've traveled from i think it was a couple of people that had traveled from germany got paired into each other and run, and, and we're live you know living in the same airbnb and got paired into each other in round one um you know and then kind of the same thing a whole bunch of the local people all ended up paired into each other in rounds two and three and I mean, yeah. they complained, and I said, "Guys, you should have won one of your games instead of being an zero and two. Then, then you wouldn't have been paired into each other." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Timbo, you've come on to 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 shill us something, to talk to us about something. What what is it that you wanna that you wanna promote to the global X Wing community of people that listen to us, middle aged men waffling on about toy spaceships? Well, there's the, the theme of today is community and events for, for at least the purposes of my intrusion into your, your podcast today, um, Rich. And the first thing I want to get off my chest is say that there are a lot of people in Canada that follow and listen to your guys' content um, who enjoy playing in your league. Uh, a lot of you got a chance to meet some of them when we were in Chicago. So, um, you know, it goes without saying that the UK and Canada have had a long history together as countries, but from an X-Wing perspective and from a, you know, general armada and other Star Wars gaming perspective, there's a lot of um, community there. So if you're ever looking for games online, you know, make sure that you're, you're checking servers that might include uh, people. I know that there's a significant time difference to consider sometimes, but, um, you know, I, I know I myself have signed up for your league this year and... Um, we really just want to try and realize that you know, anybody who plays these games uh, the world over, we're, we're all so alike in so many ways and have so much fun with each other in so many ways. Um, you know, to that end, there's there's a little tiny project that a few of us here uh, in Ontario uh, have started. It was started by a guy named Brian, who plays out of Ewok Squadron in London, Ontario, which hilariously enough is a huge forested area. Um, he started a global X-Wing and other Star Wars game registry map. So you guys have this awesome concept that I think Oliver Pognell put together, where it's like a website that just streams all the events that are going on. Yeah. Um, so, like, for example, I took that link and I put it in this global map. And it's a, it's a public map link, and I've shared it for um, this group so you guys can share it to your members or your listeners if you like. Um, <laughs> 
There's also a Google Doc link. So if you have a local uh, squad or you're aware of a squad somewhere that you know has a scene, feel free to add it to the map. I've done my best to start adding squads from all across Canada and the U.S. that I know and I have played against before. Uh, I've had a few in the U.K. and one in Australia. Um, and, you know, th this is going to go a long way to realize that, you know, if you're trying to look for, you know, Sith Taker Open League matches or whatever, you can always see, you know, is somebody playing out of a squad? Where is that squad located? You know, that kind of fun stuff. And if you see people on the names for big events, international events, like stuff like that, it'll really help kind of um, paint the picture of where everybody's coming from globally. So that's a, a cool little um, project that uh, we started. And then um, we'd love for you guys to, to share around uh, the UK and Europe and, and be a part of it as well. Yeah. So I've just clicked on the link and basically there's a, a fairly straightforward form. Uh, it's a Google form that, you know, you basically just fill in some simple information um, about where you're located. Um, and then that information uh, is available, is going to be publicly available for people to, to, to click on um, so that they can find uh, find people, find games, find squadrons. So, um, I mean, it's 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 a great resource, I think, um, and something that um, will be really helpful uh, for us to kind of find new players. Um, and by us, I mean the Royal X-Wing community, because we, we've been really lucky. We've had a, a very engaged and supportive game store who stock X-Wing. And people come in and see us playing and see other things. But we've also got staff that work in the store. Who um, and Dave does a great job of if he spots somebody eyeballing the X-wing stuff, he comes over to them and says, "Are you interested?" Tuesday nights, and then they they turn up and play, and and they usually stay because people start looking at those ships because you know they're fans of Star Wars and they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize there was a a minis game that was Star Wars based or whatever." Um, so. Yeah, it's an, but but this kind of thing will help people who live nearby to know where stores are and who plays on what nights. So, you know, our local scene is is weird because all of the local game stores used to play on Tuesday nights. Like, you could go to, I I could drive basically forty five minutes or an hour in any direction from where I lived and bump into four game stores on a Tuesday night, and that was that was one that was X Wing night. But um, I think we're the only one left now that does regular game nights. Um, yeah, we had a we had a very similar kind of uh, transition, I guess, coming out of the pandemic. Is that we had so many people that were living in big cities having to move out of those cities because of the cost of living, and couple that with people like myself who you know had uh, children and wanted to buy a house. So you know where people were kind of moved around. And to your point, you know the game stores that we pair with. Uh, each of the squads are great, um, but they can't be doing all the work, especially if your local scene has, you know, a Facebook page or a Discord page, having the ability for people to visualize where game nights are, what game nights uh, happen, what games get played on which nights, and then links to things like community channels and... Uh, store channel, Facebook pages and stuff like that directly from the map. I just really think it really helps people say, okay, well, if I live here and I work there, then although this place is closer to my house, maybe I should go check out this place because it's on my way home instead of near my house kind of thing. So yeah. that's how I found my first store. When I was living in Toronto, I lived in the West End, but my work had me in the East End of it most of the time. So yeah. rather than looking for... Uh, 
a squad of two people in the West End of Toronto. I ended up finding the prototype Toronto League with Devin Monkhouse and, uh, you know, Kelvin Lau and, and Evan Cameron and all these amazing players in the East End. And I had, you know, one ship <laughs> and showed up and they were like, mate, don't worry, you know, build a list using the list squad builder. Tell us what you want to play. Fly it before you buy it. Have some fun with the guys at League Night, and then you know, here we are six years later, and um, and I'm talking about X-wing with some guys from the UK on the podcast. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I've, I've I can't remember who from the Canada group. I was a couple of the PTL guys that I used I played against online a little bit at the start of the pandemic, um, and it seems like a really like solid group of of guys, really solid community. And I know that Tim Ben, not this year, but the year before that they went to worlds um had a really um cool time with that with cam and the guys so uh, yeah it's it's um just on on that where you were talking about um like people who live live in one direction work in another direction and maybe the store that's closest to their house isn't the most convenient store to play at we've we've had a couple of people dropping past basically that it's become a um like a when i finish work then i'll come there sort of thing rather than driving home. Uh, that's that's what I do. I, I come from work. Yeah. But that's because you live in the sticks, like, properly. I don't live in the sticks. I just don't live in a horrible place like you. I mean, I, I live in quite a nice place, but, you know, it's close to a horrible place. <laughs> listen, listen, the halfway houses and the crack dens are at the other end of the road. <laughs> Rich, um, uh, just to close out on the map here, um, Sorry. Anybody who opens Spot it up. our tangents, Timbo. Spot our tangents. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking at the map now. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Just, just as a thing for anybody who's not used to Google My Maps versus the the stock Google Maps from from like any internet browser. Um, I've loaded up the layers of the map as the default when any user opens it up, which is uh, centered around the community. But there's also two layers that you can toggle on and off, which are for visualizing where some of the biggest uh, kind of tier two and tier one level events are going to be in and around um, southern Ontario, uh, in Ottawa, in Quebec between now and Worlds of next year. And I also put some of the big international events on the map as well, like the Nova Open, uh, Gen Con 23, and then an icon in um, in uh, Schaumburg for uh, World Championships 24, which as we all know is, is already confirmed for Adepticon next year. So we're kind of using this map as two things, one to visualize where all the communities play at, and another for where all the store champ kits end up in and where all the big uh, tier two and, and tier one level events are all happening. So I'm, I'm looking at the map and we've got we've got a little a little icon over the top of us and we'll we'll, we'll put our own proper logo and stuff on it in in good time. Um, I just want to know who the main contact Liam Smith is. Liam, is that you trying to not dox yourself? Oh, you know what? That's probably a, a typo from uh, from my on, on my. Uh, I might have put Liam Smith. Oh, it's no, no fun. Well, we'll fill the form in so that you've got yeah, the information for us, and uh, and then you can you can update everything there, and it'll be all good, all good in the hood. Cool. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, and as I said, I've, I'm looking at the form now, and then I'm like, oh wait, you, you want information that I don't just know. I have to go and find it out and put it in places <laughs> like. 
SoundCloud link for our podcasts <laughs> or our Facebook pages and everything. Um, so yeah, cool. That's brilliant. Was there anything else you wanted to share other than your general awesomeness to do with Canada? Well, I did want to share one thing. I know it's a bit of a stretch. Uh, I'm going to be trying to talk a lot about this in the next couple of weeks um, in all the, the Twitter sphere, you know, types of, of forums and things like that with as many players as possible. Um, I don't know about what it's like in the UK and Europe, but in the last couple of years in Canada, especially in the US, definitely um, putting together any event above the size of a store champ kit up to the size of say like a national level event is has been tough and in many cases in canada there's been community organizers that have put their hands up and said you know what whether or not the manufacturers or, or distributors of the game are going to get involved or not we're going to put together something for the players uh that's going to have prizes that's going to have uh, a lot of opportunity to play in a bigger event and be a, a boatload of fun. So there's a couple of those that I'd love to talk about. Uh, I know that travel from the UK to Canada is not as simple as all that, but there is one event in particular that I wanted to highlight for this group, and that's happening on the 10th of June. Um, on your map, it's the purple uh, icon over Calgary in Western Canada, uh, Calgary and Alberta. Um, it's uh, an event called the Stampede City Open, and it is a event, unlike most events that's been designed specifically for players who want to fly in and or fly out, um, up until the point actually where the organizer, Jesse Varley, has made arrangements with Air Canada and some of the local hotels for special deals on travel, and he was nice enough to create, um, a special promo code for the Sith Taker podcast followers and he's going to be providing that to me later today and I'll give that to you guys to post in the description of your uh, podcast as well. That's a, an early registration offer up until the 4th of May um, and this is an event that's taking place uh, like I said over the 10th of June weekend and it is for all event, all games. Armada Legion are having a very strong tournament uh, turnout so far. Pre-registrations on X-Wing are looking pretty good, and I believe Andrew Oler is going to be the marshal of the event. Um, him and the contingent know? from Saskatchewan some... are going to show up as well. He's some scrub, isn't he, Andrew Oler? What's he? I've heard, of him. I've heard of him, yeah. Funny story, actually. He stayed at Canada House this year, and I thought it was the first time he and I had met. It wasn't. <laughs> in Worlds 2019, um, after the fifth, after the fourth round of the main event, and I lost by a hair and I knew I was doomed. I come up to the table of round five and there's this nice looking bloke who plays against me. He's got Whisper and Rack. Um, and I start the game and I've got three Inquisitors with Jendon and I, and I move into position and then he mopped Jergerod slash D cloaks slash four forwards slash uh, boosts with his Whisper. Um, Sorry, not a bruise, a one heart. So now his whisper is completely behind my entire squad mm -hmm. and just completely pummels my shuttle on one, on one turn. And I just reach across the table and shake his hand. I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to go get a beer. Um, and, and then, you know, he, he tells so he me, brother, Alex, this story. Hey, this guy that just conceded <laughs> to me in round five and I got the win. And then he's like, Are, were you that guy? We had that like, oh my God, you're that guy moment this year when we were both in Schomburg. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, unmitigated nonsense is the best kind of X-Wing to play where you just throw some absolute... Like, Rack Whisper was disgusting in so many different ways. It was one of the uh, the former former hosts of this podcast, actually, from episodes one to about ten, um, who fam- famously went 6-0 and at Nationals with Rack Whisper um, in the UK and then dropped because he didn't want to win. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, he went 6-0 and then dropped and went and bought a car the next day instead of, you know, winning nationals. So it's fine. Bob never forgave him. But, yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, close out, I'll close out the news about the SCO by saying that um, Jesse's designed this event um, to be nobody ever not playing. Uh, there's going to be a ton of side events and uh, a ton of prizes for said side events. So... You know, in awesome. terms of um, being worth the trip, whether they end up with a, a tier two level kit uh, or not, um, it's going to be a great, great event, and, and we're and we're confident that AMG is going to want to get involved in this because there's there's definitely enough players from all of the games. We're really hoping if AMG does get involved that there'll be a Shatterpoint demo. I mean, that's the that's the the hope there. Um, and in terms of travel, it's not like in Schaumburg where you need a 45 minute slash $80 cab ride to get to the venue. Like with this, you would fly in, there would be public transit to take you to your hotel. And then there'd be a ton of local eats and amenities nearby. If anybody wants any information, just email stampedecityopen, all one word, at gmail.com, and Jesse will get back to you within a day. Fantastic. I mean, that's that's great. And I was a bit confused when you talked about the SCO, because we were on the STO, you see. Um, yeah. So um, it gets worse. I mean, we have an SLO as well, which yeah. is the French Canada uh, equivalent. That's the St. Lawrence Open in the fall as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, um, the, the thing with um, what you said about nobody ever not playing is um, that's something that we've aimed to do um, with, with the STO and with prizes and stuff. Um, we're trying to figure out how to make prize support go as deep as possible because obviously the well, I say obviously it's obvious to me as a, as a TO that the um, the people who regularly make cut often don't value the things that they win for being in cut. Um, Unless you're Ollie Pocknell, he always looks super happy no matter what he wins. Whatever you give him, I, I like that about him. I think it's great. He like got <laughs> some alt art card at Bloody Brum once, and he's like, "This is amazing." <laughs> Uh, yeah um but yeah we, we all have different levers right we all have different levers that 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 draw us i mean you guys if you were watching the um the the one discord channel the other day you can see that i kind of have a thing for dice, right any anytime any event offers any kind of custom dice i'm like uh yeah i'm here for whatever this is just sign me up <laughs> yeah um yeah we talked about those dice that popped up yeah yeah there beautiful beautiful things and we just really want them to start turning up at actual events that would be great um well, we'll see <laughs> we'll see if they actually appear um yeah i mean it's um yeah i'm, I'm really buzzing actually that I, I mean i have absolutely no chance of traveling to calgary for um for a, a round of x-wing um not and also you know stay alive and married um that's <laughs> two two trips across to across the Atlantic in a year is a, is a bit too much, even for my fairly sturdy marriage to survive. So, um, yeah, but uh, if anybody listening is interested in traveling, then, you know, do make um, or take a, take advantage of the various discount codes and offers and things. And, yeah, I was, I was just going to say the, um, 
the price support going in as deep as you can. We we run side events and stuff on day two. We try and make sure that you know people are playing and enjoying themselves if they want to. So you know there is always an option for you to play something. Um, but we've we've got the benefit of having a great game store where you know if somebody says oh I fancy a wee game of 40k Legion whatever you know Blood Bowl something they're like oh yeah we've got pitches we've got terrain we've got everything that you need as long as you bring your your squad, your army, your your own accoutrements, you'll be fine. Um, so um, on on that note, Ben and I actually noticed today they've built a really nice, and it must be six foot by four foot table mm. in, ele- in element, and it's really, really big and nice. And it's currently set up as like a full-scale Legion demo table. Nice. Um, but I'm, I'm eyeballing it and thinking, yeah, that, that's going to be table one. Uh, that's gonna yeah, we can do something there. with that, can't yeah, we? we can do it because it's really nice. It's like a beautiful big table, loads of space around it, and everything like that. So. It might make a cracking stream table as well. Yeah, nice and big. Nice yeah. and I remember big. Uh, there's a there's a store, and it's a comic book store. It's not even really a miniature store in a place called Georgetown, Ontario. And you know, this the the largest kit event they've ever had is like maybe ten people, mm-hmm. but they have this table that is just out of this world like it's got depth it's got you know it's designed for any kind of terrain or tabletop games got cup holders and everything you know your lights come out (laughs) steam like when there's dramatic stuff like it's it's just cool like that i love it when you get that type of ambiance when you're when you're doing something like that right if if you're not playing online then then go all out right it wasn't the um were they called frog squadron uh there's two main uh Crews in in French Canada, yeah. Frog Frog Squadron is definitely one of them, and then there was the 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 Millennium Condor Balafidion, which is oh the, yeah, I remember that insanely crazy, complicated French word for the word podcast Balafidion. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the Frog Squadron guys because they used to do a lot of YouTube videos, and they, they used do. to play on a really nice table. It looked like mm. it was like handmade, like dark wood. They used to put all the um, effects on the videos, like the chips blowing up and stuff. You know, we tried it with the PTL one year where I had a, I had a soundboard app and I actually like when somebody would shoot it. <laughs> all I had for like two or three videos straight on our YouTube channel was this laundry list of YouTube comments going, stop immediately. <laughs> Ridiculous. Stop with the sound effects. <laughs> you might it's actually good. It's not. It's really hard filming YouTube videos, isn't it? We did like a series of oh God, videos. Um, and it's like it's like for an hour game, it took us like six hours to record and do more interviews. And... It was a full day off work, basically. Yeah, it was. I mean, the videos were great, to be fair. Yeah. But there's such a lot of work that they just kind of panned off, didn't they? It was so much effort. It was so much effort. And it was like, I mean, it was great, but it was just so much effort. And then once point change came, they were irrelevant anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we had a great time because basically you played a single game of Exit. And this is kind of to explain. You can still find these things on YouTube. Um, Yeah, yeah, and basically we we took a single game of X-Wing but in between every phase, we had a guy doing the, the camera work. And in between every phase, you stopped and went and talked about what you wanted to happen, what your plans were, what you, what you thought your opponent was going to do. 
what you thought your opponent was going to do. And then the dice rolls were all done. Well, yeah, the the, the dice rolls were all done individually, you know, so like he rolled the dice and he recorded them and then he recorded the the, the green dice rolling and then the mods and you had to articulate everything because the idea was that newer players would be able to watch them and say, ah, that's gameplay, I understand it now. But rather than it just all happening in stream real time, it was all like cut. So because he was doing that, he was like constantly shifting camera angles and changing stuff. And you had to wander off and look around the shop for five minutes while your opponent was talking. So you didn't get insight <laughs> to what they were thinking and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it, was, it was a good time, like, but it was yeah. so time intensive. Like the one I did, we had to cut it short. So basically the uh, the guy that was doing the camera work, James, um, told my opponent that he thought he'd lost. So he had to do a concession. And he was like, oh, I think I could still win. And, and he was like, it's not likely, though, is it? He was like, no, but I could still win. It's like, yeah, but Rich has got to go. He's got to go and pick his kid up from nursery. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go a 45-minute drive to, to get home. Honest, I think a lot of them ended in a, right, let's call it there. Yeah. yeah. They, they Except tried. the one where Will got his fire spray boosted off the board. Well, towards yeah. the board, and then he flew off it. Yeah. Pre-move coordinate, boost to the edge of the board. What? I'm <laughs> yeah, going to make you it stick. It was tugboats. Up. The double tugboat turned in. It was, yeah. He was raging as well. Yeah, no. I've, I had that picture um, when he phoned me of his sad face for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's still oh, up Lord. there. If you ever look, the thumbnail is Will and he just so sad. <laughs> it does. Right. I mean, um, on, our, on our side of the pond, we had we had Victor and Travis from VTTV, or I used to call it VWTV Live. Um, they were pro. Like he was, he was in AV professionally, and Victor had done a lot of our modest. Oh, that's cool. That. So it was great. But I mean, internet at the event was always a thing for us as well. If the venue couldn't provide internet, we'd have to pivot. We'd have to videotape it and do everything in post afterwards. And by mm-hmm. we, I mean them. <laughs> um, but to your guys point you know the benefit to the community long term is that the content's always there now the other side of that coin is that as the rules evolve the video content becomes less and less relevant it's still fun to watch but the rules are different and you know some people don't always go back and put a disclaimer about the rules being out of date for videos for newer players but what i love is that you guys are showing a perfect example of the whole reason i wanted to come with you guys today which is if all of us have the same goal in mind, which is to regrow our local, national, and international communities to what they were before the pandemic, and I don't mean rebuild, I mean regrow, because every community has an ebb and a flow to the gamers that are in it. Um, make, make rules for yourselves. Do, do things for yourselves that make sense for yourselves and your, in your own squads. And, and what you'll find is that a lot of people like the ideas, share the ideas, emulate the ideas, that kind of thing. I mean, we, we did a thing with the PTL and it inspired lots of clubs. Our thing with the PTL was our, our season was you, you could never repeat the same named pilot. So you had to pay eight players over eight weeks at eight different game nights at any game store across Toronto but you couldn't repeat the same named pilot or the same list of generics pilots in your list. And, you know, other squads across Ontario and Canada saw this as an opportunity to say, well, we like this rule better. And here we are all these years later. And now like the Grand River X-Wing League, the GRX is having their big team tournament on June the 3rd. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be the 
largest uh, attended X-Wing event since 2019 in Canada. They've already sold 14, um, 14 teams of four tickets. So this is, you bring four players per team and all four players have to pick a different uh, faction and none of the four of you are allowed to repeat the same generic upgrades. So only one of you can have elusive, only one of you can have shield upgrade, only one of you can have crack shot, those kinds of things. And the tournament seed is, you know, when a team of four gets matched up against another team of four, the, the players with the best records play each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not expecting a huge amount of, of uh, uh, love from, from AMG on an event like this because of how unique it is and the fact that it's a fully-licensed event and stuff like that. But it's a perfect example of community people doing something that makes sense for their members and lots of other people saying, that's a wicked cool idea. Yes, I will drive 35 minutes out of my way to go to another city to play in this with three other friends because it's a butt-ton of fun. So, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. I mean, Team X-Wing is, is the best X-Wing as people keep saying and it's particularly fun when you're doing it in person um so that you can put the the four games on the same row of tables so you can look across and see how your friends are doing and know whether there's pressure on you to win because he's losing or it's okay two of the guys have already won which means that if i lose it's not all over kind of thing so it's yeah it's um uh, we did it for day two. It was the side event at the last Sith Taker Open. And nice. the feedback was overwhelmingly positive because it was like, yeah, you know, we crashed out of the main event. But, you know, we just kind of said to people, either come as a preset team of three or turn up. And if you're by yourself, there's, you know, four judges in the room. We'll all have squads with us. And, you know, as long as you can accept that one of us might have to run off and do arc checks somewhere else occasionally during our games, we'll, we'll have a team for you. So I think only Johnny ended up actually playing because we had a, we had two floating players, so we ended up putting a team as well. He got in the final. He got totally carried. I think it was by the Burnett. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they lost to the the three people who completely accidentally were all flying fire sprays. Um, so it was a team tournament, and it was, it was like there was no rules because it was a side event of day two of an event. So it was just like we're mostly expecting people to use their, their lists from the, the previous day, right? Um, and these three guys had all flown fire sprays the previous day, and they were just like, "Let's do a team and call it, say it, don't spray it." And they smashed everybody. So, say it, don't spray it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. Um, so here's here's the thing. I'm just going to move us on a little bit because we've got a little bit of time, and I don't know if we're going to have time to do this justice. But I got a message last week from Steve Bolton um, with an idea about something that we can do. Um, for the podcast um so biggest basic... cheat you've ever got away with <laughs> no come on we're being nice to steve now we're being nice to steve now because he's had he a, he's, genuinely, he's genuinely had a great idea to help us to get some better content which he thinks might be useful and, and helpful so basically totally a muffler podcast well, he opened with that, and I said, Liam's no, <laughs> quite good. Um, and it, when he speaks, he, he does content. So, um, what he's basically said is, how do people think? So, we, we used to do the questions, and we still kind of do sometimes, you know, how people think about how to win a game and, and how their, like, their mental processes work when they're trying to do a game. Um, but Steve kind of said, you know, look, there's with scenarios and lists now the mental processes are going to be different 
So his suggestion is that we kind of said, right, if you were flying, I think Liam might have asked a question similar to this at one point, but basically if you say, if you're flying, I don't know, Battle of Yavin Vader plus some TIE fighters and Suntier, and you're doing scramble the transmissions against somebody flying, you know, Nathan Idy's Republic arcs and um, Anakin, pick a side and think about how you would strategize um, for what you're going to do. So for future weeks, we'll probably pick a couple of relatively meta lists and the scenario in advance. But for this one, hot off the hip. Um, Timbo, do you want to have a go at this? I mean, speaking as somebody who normally gets curb stomped every time they play anybody in salvage, I'm not sure I'm the best person to start with this. Okay, we'll, we'll not do salvage. We'll do, we'll do scramble. We'll do scramble, the one with three. I love scramble. Uh, scramble, nice. scramble and bubbles are my two favorite. Okay. So um, you, you, you pick, a, pick a list for yourself. Um, rather than me imposing a list on you, pick a list for yourself. Keep it to yourself for now. Um, and who's gonna who's gonna play this game of of mind X wing against Timbo? Liam. He's not even there. I don't think. Have you kicked him? No, no, he's he's on mute, and I've insulted him loads of times, and he's not come back. So I figure he's he's either not there, or he's just fallen off his chair or something. All right. Well, Ben, maybe I guess he's got a really yeah. important part yeah. of FIFA. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realise I was on mute. Oh, I liked it best that way. Quickly yeah, talk. Fair. How much have you been talking and wondering why we're ignoring you? Oh, quite a few times. Oh, nice. right. I was Liam. sitting here feeling quite dejected. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> that we'll never know what it was. <laughs> I've got none of that over the witch's cackle. <laughs> right. Liam, did you hear what I said in the run-up? I did. Okay, so you're going to pick a squad, and we're going to do some head simming, you against Timbo, and it's for Scramble the Transmissions. Right, so Liam, what's your squad? It's Django, Sunfak, Dirge, and DFS081. Okay, with some upgrades, right? It's fine. Right, Timbo, what's your squad? Mine is Bo-Katan in the Gauntlet. It is a Hawk Lat um, gunship and a two Delta Seven uh, Jedi, Ashoka and Mace, and the Lat has two Mandos on it. Whoa. What's going on here? Right, Liam, you've just been paired into that round one of an event. You've got yeah. Scrum Transmissions. You've got the five minutes set up time to figure out what your strategy is. What are you thinking about? So automatically I'm deploying, well, I need to look at how I can leverage Sunfak. And I know I can't leverage Sunfak against Hawk or the Gauntlet. So I'll be looking at putting him against the two uh, Delta 7s because they're Initiative 3 and 4 respectively. Uh, I'll then look at Django to see if I can use him as a bit of a bully, get him into the middle try and use the false transponder codes on getting rid of uh, the reinforce that might end up on the gauntlet and then use dirge to punch holes in said gauntlet and then just have the uh, the little DFS just sitting there on a rock with a uh, energy shell just trying to pop shots where he can 
uh, I'll be leveraging my higher initiative to look at taking over some of the uh, points if I can as well. Uh, Sunfax's quite good for that because he can still rotate, take a tractor, claim a point, and then uh, pass that tractor on as well. So I've got a bit more economy in there than normally than what would normally be available to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Timbo, now you've heard Liam's strategy. What do you assuming I hadn't that? Yeah, assuming I hadn't heard his strategy, the very first thing I'm going to do is raise my hand, call a judge, and offer my opponent a beer and an ID. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that hurt me last time. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm looking at this board and I'm thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm way outmatched in terms of initiatives, right? He's got two I6s, um, Dirge at I5, I believe. And yeah. I've got three fours and a three. So he's got the inherent advantage in a scramble because he's got the higher initiatives. He can be in the same spot and just move second and grab those. So I need to make sure that if I'm going to be near any of the scramble points, I need to punish him for being close to them. So I've got to make sure that the gauntlet is going to be coming up probably one of the board sides with Hawk nearby, because the best thing about Hawk is that you get to barrel roll a gauntlet or boost a gauntlet in the end phase, which always makes your opponent go, uh, the first time they see it. So um, I need to make sure that I've got those Mandalorian uh, drop troops on Hawk being deployed um, on turn uh, probably two and three. I need to get them out as soon as possible in case they try to alpha down Hawk, who's only got the one agility. Um, you know, Bo-Katan's usually got uh, Republic C-3PO uh, and fives as crew members on the gauntlet. So as long as I can either use my own native actions or Ashoka to power up those rerolls, I'm going to absorb and eat and love just a delicious amount of shots from ships that probably are expecting to put way more damage into me than, than they think. Um, and with the Mandos handing out strain and with Clank, uh, Clone Commander Cody on the lat gunship, there's a lot more strain running around on his high agility ships than he was probably counting on, which means that Mace and Bo and even sometimes Ashoka, if she's in the right spot, uh, can really punch damage through. So again, I'm not really planning on beating him on objectives. I've got to punish him for going for the objectives. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're not playing objectives. You're basically just going to use your action economy to take modifications so that you can smash him up. Um, I think I think with three of his most powerful ships out initiative, three of my most powerful ships, if I focus on the objectives... Um, unless I'm in a position where I can move my ships first and capture them and completely just area deny the objectives from Liam's ships, then he's always going to be able to go second. And if he flies through me or around me or out of arc and he gets to do that second and then just take the objectives, well, now I'm out of position and I'm out of initiative and I'm losing objective points every turn. So if I, if I, if I go into the scenario with open and clear eyes that, that, my list is paper and his is scissors in this particular scenario list matchup, then I've got to decide, am I going to, am I going to hail Mary it? Am I going to try and find a way to fight him on objectives or am, am I going to accept the fact that I have an inherent disadvantage in the objective matchup uh, in lists and really just focus on trying to get uh, destruction points and punish him for going for the objectives. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Liam, you've had a thought about that? Yep. Do you change anything once you see how he's playing the game? Well, the list itself is does a lot of damage. So I would be looking at leveraging the dead to rights with Dirge. Uh, start taking out those Jedi uh, because they are pure out and out damage pieces. And if I can start putting damage on them, I'm uh, I'm I'm quite happy because they're maneuverable as well, so they can get to the objectives quicker. And then the moment I've started to lower the ship count, uh, I can then focus on getting objectives and just not taking as much damage as. I'd normally expect to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a few bombs as well. Uh, so that'll hopefully see me right, especially with Dirge and Django carrying proton bombs. Yeah. Uh, Pro- I'm not making that up, by the way. I, I do just run those. <laughs> and Oh, no, no. You've got Prockets plus proton bombs. Because, uh, not Prockets, proton cannons plus proton bombs on Dirge. And... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those proton bombs are not going to like... Uh, those proton bombs are going to hurt those those Mandalorian drop troops, the, the Night Owl drop troops, for sure. They don't like proton bombs. I mean, they, they only take one damage from them, and they, they, they don't take crit. So they can they can eat two. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I love this... Uh, I love this... this um... This this thought that you've got though, Rich, because when you've got a game of X-wing in front of you and it's on a stream, you, you're right. It's probably the one thing that the viewer is always asking themselves the most, which is that they get a clear view of the game state. They get a clear view of the damage and the and the and the point counters and the time and all that other stuff. But what they're lacking is this player that I'm watching that I know is tremendously better than me at the game. I wonder what they're. I wonder what the steps. I wonder what the checklist. I wonder what the things they're going through in their head are that I would be able to learn from. And it's so hard to get that on the content. Um, oh, I mean, it's happening. yeah, it's 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 a real thing that you know, the X Wing is a dice based game, and it, it takes a real learning experience to realize that win or lose, it's not because of your dice. Because if it was entirely down to your dice, then we wouldn't see the same nine names at the top of every single cut in every single tournament that happens. But yeah, there they are every single time over and over and over again. So those people are doing something different. I mean, we've got, um, he's been on the podcast a couple of times, one of the Sith takers, Tom, is is a world tier player. And it kind of is a bit like, oh, we're going to have a big event. Cool. Tom's coming. Great. We're playing for second. That's, you know, and it's almost <laughs> in your head already, but just trying to figure out. And Tom came on, a f- like it was a long time ago, and actually talked about his thought processes about how he plays X Wing. And it was interesting because he was very different to some of the other players that we've had on who've, who've talked in the same way. Um, because a lot of them were always talking about, you know, win conditions, where can I get points? How can I trade up? You know, how can I push the advantage of my? It's kind of similar to how Liam was, was talking today, actually, how both of you were talking today, where when we asked Tom, he said, every single round, I ask myself, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? And how do I stop that from happening? So, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen to me next turn is he turns everything in on my Django and Django gets killed because he eats too many shots. So cool, I'm going to turn Django out so I can boost away. Um, you know, right, what's the next worst thing that can happen to me? And how do, how do I prevent Just in that? case Tom was listening, I want to remind him that I've got an excellent shot against him because I know it really annoys him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there there are those players who just see the matrix, you know, and and what you think of as a 
you know, oh, I'll do this. You'll never see it coming. And they just go, yeah, that was obvious, man. Sorry. And you're like, no, it wasn't I like obvious. with Tom Durf, though, because he, he, works, he works backwards instead of working yeah. forwards. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he, envisions, he envisions where he wants to go and starts visualizing the roadblocks to get there and works his way backwards to where he is now. It's an interesting way of looking at the game. Yeah, I mean, so we had um, we had Ollie on, and Ollie was always talking about, you know, where do I, you know, how can I snag points without losing points? You know, how do, how do I, you know, what what moves can I dial in that gives me the most options afterwards? You know, how can I keep my sh- ships safe while giving myself options? And yeah, Tom was just a purely, how do I prevent the worst thing from happening to me? Everything else after that is gravy. But you know, so he he plays very cagely, um, but he also flies a certain kind of list very well. Um, and he, as in his own words, he's rubbish with aces because he looks at his ace list and he thinks, what's well, the worst thing that can happen to me? And the answer is they turn all of their ships into one of my aces and that ace dies. So he disengages all of his aces and he never scores any points and mm-hmm. one of his aces dies anyway. Um, so it's like, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a thing about finding the list and finding the, the tactics and the strategies that, um, that, that, that work for you, I suppose. Um, so thanks for that um and apologies for putting you on the spot a little bit um though i think it was a, a good little bit of a conversation and thanks again to steve for the idea of doing it we'll we'll do it again when we have guests on um we'll we'll kind of keep asking the thing um asking the same question and, and one of the one of the podcasts will kind of go up against it in a in a head simmed game of x-wing so here here we go lads you, you've got to give an honest answer um i'm going to only join in if we require a tiebreaker. But Liam, who was winning that game? Uh, I think basically uh, solely based on the initiatives and the punching power the list has, I would so throw my hat into the ring as the winner. You'd feel confident. Timbo? I have to agree with Liam. Um because all it takes is one mistake with my mace and some fat catches him and he's kapoof. Yeah. Okay. Ben? I mean, Bo-Katan can definitely do a lot of damage yeah. to some of the other ships in the list. And, and you know, Hawk is there to, to, to hand out those strain tokens with Cody and things like that. But, no, I think that with the initiative count and the fact that it's uh, scramble, I definitely have a, a big disadvantage in that matchup. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ben? No, I agree. It's... Um... I probably would back Liam, but then I'd like to go against him because that's just two M. So I'm going to back Tim. So here's, I mean, a, it, it's an interesting one because I've not actually seen anybody using Bo-Katan in the Gauntlet in Republic. Like I've seen Gauntlet in every other faction, but I've never seen a Republic. Okay. Gauntlet. Well, I, I built this list uh, ten days ago, and it's six and one right now. Nice. It's so tell tell us how uh, you build your Bo-Katan. Sure. Uh the list is it Start is right with what Bo does. Sure. So Bo-Katan's pilot ability in the Republic is completely useless and I've yet to use it in six games. Um it's <laughs> just pull up the <laughs> Let me just pull up the okay. it's, it's after you fully execute a maneuver, you can gain a deplete token and choose an object in your front arc at range one to two. If you do, another friendly ship can perform a lock action to lock that object. So you can take a deplete to give a friendly ship a lock on an enemy ship that you can shoot at after you execute a maneuver. Yeah, yeah, and and because because I'm relying on on Bogotan um, being such a, a damage 
um, you know, damage uh, um, uh, powerhouse in that list, I, I can't really afford to be taking depletes on her uh, unless it's absolutely necessary. So a loadout on her, let me just pull it up here on my phone, sorry, because my computer's behaving while I'm on here. Okay, so it's Bo-Katan and the Gauntlet. Uh, she has um, two crew, which is Republic C-3PO, which I think is a, a sleeper card. Like, it's really good for six points if you have two agility. Um, the Gauntlet title, of course, which repairs a, a, a ship or a pilot crit in the system phase with a charge. Sorry, it's uh, just a ship crit uh, with um, a charge in the system phase. Super useful. Mm -hmm. Um, fives, which is a great clone trooper saying if you shoot and miss, um, you can put a focus or evade token on fives and use it later, which is great because Bo-Katan shoots twice. She's got veteran tail gunner. So if you put her in the middle of the map and shoot front, hit somebody backwards, miss, then your fives is charging up for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't put the drop seat bay on her. Uh, I put Mandalorian Optics because I think it's a really good uh, card. Uh, the second half of it is even better than the first half of it, which is not just that you can take a lock in the system phase. It's if you have a lock, your shots beyond range zero are not obstructed. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing on bow is uh, Clan Training, which I'm planning on dropping because I think I used it once in six games. Uh, it really kind of... When you've got fives and you've also got Republic C-3PO and Ashoka running around, clan training's overkill, so I'm going to pick something else to go there. Um, Floating three points to put somewhere, and then you put the, uh, you, you talked about your your, your lat basically has some um, clone commander Cody and um, drop seat. Uh, commando. Yeah, so there's no drop seat on the Hawk. It's just the Night Owl, Commandos, Clone Commander Cody, and Dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawk's pilot ability is insanely useful if you can pull it off. Very, very useful in turn one through three for getting um, Hawk, Gauntlet, and Ashoka right into the thick of it. But what I love doing about it is if you start, say, um, I don't know, six inches off of middle on your board side edge with the plan of going up the right or left side of the board, whatever have you, and you see a good lane, but the lane is kind of perpendicular to your approach vector. Mm -hmm. What Hawk's really letting you do is barrel roll your ships after zooming up on turn one. So you barrel roll the gauntlet and the, and the lat closer to the board edge so that your one banks the following turn let you basically approach the middle from the side, yeah. which is really cool and, and a really fun way for people to be like... Um, so now my flank is completely exposed, and I've got Mace on my other flank, who I, if I ignore, is just going to calibrated laser target, blow me up. Um, and I yeah, put it's Patience. It's got a lot of sneaky in it, hasn't it, Timbo? A lot of sneaky. I like sneaky stuff. It's, it's unexpected stuff, right? The Mandalorians are there, so people, you know, they waste all their shots shooting at the big ships, and then Mandos can either hand out strain or do little, little plinks. Mm -hmm. Um and a key, a key aspect of this list, if you're going to give it a tryout, and it's, I would definitely say that it's not a, an ultra-competitive list, but I can promise you it's a lot of fun. Um, make sure you put Patience on Ashoka. Yeah. She does not need to do damage to be a huge powerhouse in your list, and her taking that Deplete token and shooting one die range three obstructed is still, 
a guaranteed action and a guaranteed reposition for her the following turn. Yeah. Yeah, Ahsoka's a really good piece because you can then slam in and, and hit them with the kind of double modded with the lap kind of four dice. Uh, and I put well. the uh, I put the R7A7 droid on Ashoka, which is the one that three charges mod hits to crits, just in case she needs to shoot somebody who has a crate. Yeah, yeah. A little bit tech, a little bit tech. Cool. Yeah, as I said, I'd never seen, like I've seen gauntlets and every other faction that can take them being flown, but I've never seen the, the, um, the Republic one. And I guess it's because... You know, if you want to support ship, you take a lot, right? Um, but bringing Bo-Katan in to be a kind of an I-4, um, big punchy gun, um, particularly, as you say, with um, you, you you live longer with C-3PO plus dedicated um, in the list. And with fives, you can even, if you've got focus, you can pull a, an evade. You can bank an evade on fives as well and then grab that at I-4 if you've got lower initiative ship shooting at you. So, oh, yeah. Uh, She's not shooting at I six, but she's almost always shooting double modded in both directions because she's got um, Mando optics and a mod forward, either calculator focus, and then the lat's also running around. So if if yeah. he's got somebody in arc, uh, then he gets the lat chassis ability. So veteran turret gunner, you're always shooting usually double or one or or double modded shots front and back if you can put the gauntlet in the right spot. And let's be honest, everybody's watched The Mandalorian Season 3. We're not going to talk about it, just in case people haven't. Yeah. We want to use Bo-Katan. We want to use Bo-Katan. And Why do you think I built the list, mate? Come on. <laughs> nice. What were you going to say there, Liam? Uh, Rory Wilson, uh, one of the Scottish guys, went to Bilbao this weekend, just gone. And he actually made the final running Bo-Katan in a Republic Gauntlet. Did he? Awesome. Yep. Well done, Rory. What was in Bilbao? Uh, X-Wing, I'm presuming. Other than Rory. Uh, the football team? I don't really know. I think it was, it was a national event in Bilbao, which is yeah. in a country. It's in Spain. Uh, it's in Spain. I also saw the top of Anders' head. Uh, this is all the information I can provide. Okay. So there was an event in Spain. Rory went, came second. I believe it's uh, yeah. regional, it said, on the stream thing, didn't it? Okay. I don't know. I didn't even know the event. I'm was. sure I've seen it shared somewhere. Maybe we should get Rory I mean, it's, to talk about it. Was the, it was the first I'd heard of it as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. We'll see. I know Rory listens, so if he fancies coming on to talk to us about this next week, then he can do. We can have a double bubble on Republic Gauntlets. Cool. I can't remember where I saw it now. Never mind. Have you remembered what you were going to say before, Ben, or is it completely gone from me? No, you? it's long gone, mate. Right. I didn't I even remember. I'd forgotten something until you reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So old. <laughs> Younger than me. So old. Right. Well, when I, when um, I very yeah, first heard when I very first started playing X-Wing, my, my call of fame was I used to fly two ghosts in 1.0. And that was when 1.0 ghosts could still fire torpedoes backwards. Mm-hmm. So I had chopper and cane. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so you didn't have a back arc unless you had a target lock at range two. Then you had a back arc for the shot four dice, plasma torpedoes, or, or proton torpedoes. So you basically had a back arc because, let's be real, to fly at your opponent, shoot twice, K turn behind them, or just fly past. Anyway, so yeah, when I first saw the gauntlets, 
and they had a lot of the same kind of things, lots of crew slots, not as much health, but that extra agility aspect to mitigate damage, shot in both directions, veteran turret gunner, that kind of thing. I, I saw a lot of cool stuff, and I really haven't messed around with a lot of gauntlet lists yet, um, especially because I saw Cam create that uh, Rook cast Kanan uh, Boba list that everybody was kind of in love with. Uh, so I, I, I let you know I let it be and focused on some other things that I was interested in the game for it. But now I'm really starting to, to your point, uh, Rich, about the because of the Mando season three finale. Mm-hmm. I've really been looking at drop troops and and the gauntlet in a more fun. And it has nothing to do with the competitive scene, which is of course the the theme of today, which is community and 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 you know regrowing. Have fun, you know. Build lists that are fun. There's plenty of competitive lists that you can find on the internet, or, or you know, uh, statistics on events and what what lists won them. But, but have fun. And if you don't have enough pieces or parts in your collection to put a fun list that you build together, you know, that's what stuff like the maps for. Reach out to your local community guys and say, hey, who's meeting up? Can somebody bring a base plate for this or a ship of that? I'd really love to give this a try before I buy all the pieces for it. Right. Yeah, I mean that's we're doing the same thing this week, aren't we, Ben? Yeah, yeah you're bringing a list for my friend. He's he's he actually bought some bits off eBay. Has he? I've got some. <laughs> he's a bit yeah. key. <laughs> I've already convinced him in. I don't think he needed much coaching. I've been trying to convince him to play for years. I mean, he's a massive Star Wars nerd, so you know. Yeah. Taking a lot to take him there. Yeah, I've it? already got him some templates um, on the side for him. Nice. So he's already got some acrylic templates before he's even started. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. I'm liking it. I'm liking. To it. be honest, I actually I found a set of acrylic templates in the back of my car that I didn't know I had. Um, just I... in the boot, so I thought I might as well make use of them. <laughs> They're his now. <laughs> that's fair yep. enough. Good. Um, yeah. So we're we're getting somebody down. It's kind of like what you were saying about you know try before you buy and kind of fostering the sense of community. Um, just trying to get people involved in the in in the game, and you know, more people coming down, more people want to play X Wing. I mean, we had this the really sad moment um, last week when we've got a bunch of new lads come down, and um, they kind of bought in, and you know, been playing at home, and they decided to start coming down and, and mingling with the community, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I said, "Oh, are there any tournaments?" And we said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we run a really big one here." He said, "Oh, when is it?" I said, "February." He said, "Oh, when do tickets go on sale?" I said. Eight weeks ago, and they sold out in a day. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what? I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> they were like, we'll, we'll run more. There, there will be other smaller tournaments. And to be honest with you, being a local, you'll probably be able to come next February because people will drop and tickets will become available and, you know, kind of stuff. And he was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But I felt really bad because it was like, yeah, we've. Because if, if they're still playing by next February, they'll be fully in, you know, they'll be tournament ready, you know, it'll be a year of playing the game, they'll be they'll be ready to go. Um, and then it's just like, yeah, sorry, sold out. Well, Rich, <laughs> I, I'm so happy that you brought up that example, because I was really hoping that I could say this. In the UK, you guys have such similar challenges, uh, but for a different reason that we do in Canada. So you guys have a tier one level event with your, with your Sitigar open, you know, hundreds of seats, um, you know, five rounds plus of Swiss over probably more than two days, you know, top cut, tons of prizes, all that great stuff. Tier one national scope kind of events, kind of thing like that. And they sell out instantly. Your challenge is 
room and headcount and venue sometimes to be able to house all the interested players from all over the UK and, and, and Europe. In Canada, our, our challenge is not putting together events, it's putting together events geographically that are accessible. So we have all these players that want to play, but they, they usually can't afford to fly or drive to all each other just because, well, well Canada and the UK are the same. We're, we're basically yeah. like a collection of little countries um, under one nation, but you can fit like 25 Great Britons inside of, you know, Canada. More than takes, a, <laughs> takes a day and a half just to drive from one end of Ontario to the other. That's not including breaks. That's just drive time. Um, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're a lot smaller than you think we are. <laughs> takes it takes about four hours to get from, oh no, what is it? It's about eight hours, I think, to get from the bottom of England to the top of Scotland in drive mm-hmm. time. It's, uh... Right, and, and eight hours is Toronto to Chicago, which is, you know, we did we did that in a in, in a we we did it with enough time to to have dinner when we got there, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's it's more it's more than that. If you drive from Lands End to John O'Groats, it's six hundred and three miles, uh, and if you leave now, it takes fifteen and a half hours. That's the longest possible journey in the UK is 15 and a half hours. I, mean, I was about to say, when you said, what was it, eight hours, I was going to question how fast you were going. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in fairness, though, 50, five hours of that 15 hours is getting through Cornwall and another five hours of it is getting through the <laughs> island of Scotland. And then there's like five hours in the middle of actual roads. So you can do London to Edinburgh, I think. I think London to Edinburgh is about eight hours. Um, but... So yeah. 15 and a half hours, that makes sense. So that that's that's as far as we drove for the very first regional we ever drove for, which was Toronto to Fredericton, New Brunswick. It was about 16 hours. Mm. To put it in perspective, if you drive over the Quebecois border into Ontario, it would take you just shy of 30 hours to drive from one end of Ontario to the other. And then you still have to drive across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, the Rocky Mountains, and British Columbia. To the Pacific Ocean. Oh. When you run an event in Ontario like the GRX is doing with their team tournament, which sounds wicked cool and everybody wants to come, and yes, there are some seats available still if anybody's Canadian who's listening, uh, just find the event on Facebook. Our challenge is not throwing great events that have great prizes or AMG support or any of that stuff. Our challenge is getting all of the X Wing and Armada and Legion players that exist in our country under the same roof. Yeah, I, mean, I used to um, I used to chat on Slack with a bunch of the guys from the X Wing Junkies, and I think they're from uh, where are they from? Somewhere in they're Israel. from a they're from a place that none of the rest of us admit is an actual real place, which is Manitoba. Manitoba is right. not a real place. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> plunk, like plunk in the middle of Canada, basically. Um, it's like our they, I've forgotten about Slack. That was we had a great little group on there. Yeah, the the problem that those guys basically had was that. Um, things happened on the east coast in kind of Toronto. Things happened on the west coast, you know, in in kind of um, the the stuff in Vancouver and like Edmonton, Calgary, and stuff. And then they were in Winnipeg. That's where they were from. And basically, they had you know choices of I think it was like a twelve to fourteen hour drive in either direction or flights to get somewhere where there was X wing that wasn't them. And there was kind of about four or five of them, and they were really keen and you know really enthusiastic, really energetic. But yeah, it's um I mean one of the things, and it's a completely different scale. But the Tin Squadron down in in Cornwall in the UK, it's it's quite a, a rural 
um, area with kind of little narrow roads all over the place and, you know, some quite small like villages and towns and stuff. And then they realized that they didn't have enough people in any of the individual towns to form an X-Wing community, but that together they did. Um, so they changed how they approached um, having game night. So instead of having, you know, we go to this store and we play games on this night, they said, we all go to that place and we all go to that place once a fortnight and we're there for six hours and we play four games of X-Wing each. Um, and that's, you know, they, they kind of centralized everything because they knew that was the best way to keep their community um, together. Um, and because they've done that, they've, um, they, they've, they're really growing the community down in, in Cornwall. Um, we should probably get one of them on to talk about it because we talk about them a lot, but um, we don't often, uh, we've not had them on for a bit. Um, should we because... get Nikki Binet on? She's the best Binet. <laughs> best Binet, Nikki, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, um, but you know, they basically... We've actually had Chris on before. We have had Chris. I, I was saying for, not for a while. I knew we'd had Chris on, but we've not had... Um, and there are people who play X-Wing in Cornwall who aren't part of the Burnett family. Um, one or two, not many. I don't but, believe uh, you. So, I mean, Sam has made the cut of the Sith Taker open for the last two years. Um, and yeah, it's called Sam Burnett. <laughs> he's not, though. <laughs> and, then, um, and then they also have the, the podcast that they do, um, Out of the Minds, the Tin Squadron one, which is um, a fairly detailed scrutiny. Out of the game. Burnets. <laughs> so that's Sean. Um, and the yeah, with Sean and Kaylee up as well to, to the Sith Taker Open. So, I mean, it's a, it really is a growing community and down there. It's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, the, the geographical disparity of um, some parts of the world, and obviously the UK is a small country, you know, um, where Canada is just enormous. Like, I mean, there's the whole top bit of Canada that y you can't go into because of bears and ice, but um, even more, the bottom more bears bit of Canada, ice, yeah. <laughs> even the bottom bit of Canada, the bit that, you know, you, you can live in is fairly large. Well, there's, there's only about 35, 40 million people uh, in Canada. The second largest landmass in the world, and ninety plus percent of our population lives within a hundred kilometers of the U.S. border. Yep. Yeah. The so, South Canadian border. Yes, the, no, it's the border, actually North Mexico. North, North Canada and South Canada, correctly. And thank you for correcting me. I mean, it, it is the South Canada, Canada border. There isn't really a North Canada border unless you count the, the bit across Alaska. Because um, you know, at the top of Canada, there's kind of ice, and then the, the Arctic. No, yes, the Arctic, the North Pole. So, yeah, I mean, the the amount of landmass is crazy, um, but it's it's a really great bunch of people. Um, and, you know, we have two official languages and a bunch of other stuff that's quirky about us. Like we still have the the Queen, soon to be the King, uh, on our money, and you know. Um, sometimes people joke about Canadians being um, polite and things like that. Just just remember that polite doesn't mean dumb or a pushover. Uh, <laughs> and and you've all adopted Wrexham FC as well um, because of Ryan Reynolds, Vancouver's greatest. Well, yeah, he's, he's a national treasure. Like he's he's a national treasure for us. Um, oh yeah, I think he's fast becoming a national treasure for Wales as well. Yeah, exactly, right? It was, what great news this week for that. I'm so happy for them. I don't know if anybody's seen the prank war going on between Rob McElhenney and, um, uh, and and Ryan, but they're up to about two or three exchanges. Most recently was a, a video you can find on either YouTube or LinkedIn where 
everybody in Wrexham and, and Ryan do a song for Rob on his birthday about the correct way to pronounce his last name. And they're really hoping that it's going to to catch on as like a a football pitch chant in the uh, in the stadium. And if you haven't watched it yet, I think I've watched it thirty five times. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, Is this on Twitter? Search. It's it's got to be everywhere because it's Ryan Reynolds's social. Um, just search, you know, Ryan um, birthday, and and you'll get it. Um, yeah, highly recommend if you need a chuckle have to go and have a look for that because that's the kind of thing that i enjoy laughing at yeah it's kind of good fun um right i mean our our history is a lot of cross-border collaboration and competitive uh fun with the u.s as well Mm -hmm. um the nickel city boys down in buffalo are a 35 minute drive from my house so i often go over the border on a thursday night uh, to go join them get some authentic buffalo wings at the lafayette brewing company in downtown buffalo and play a little extended because they play a lot of extended out of buffalo um you know ryan uh s from the gold squadron podcast he's based out of michigan there's a lot of really 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 great squads in in michigan and um indiana and ohio as well so you know, anybody who's listening from the Northeast, uh, you know, there's a lot of Canadians that, that mix and mingle as well. So I imagine it's a lot like you guys and the the French and, and, and the, the European countries that are only, you know, less than a day train try, ride to get to kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that confuses me because I thought that Gold Squadron were all from um, Chicago, but obviously... Not looking at a map now, I can see that Michigan is next door to Illinois, and so he could be living in Michigan and be, you know, really close to Chicago. Well, it's also Will also doesn't live in Chicago. Well, you're breaking all my illusions here, guys. (laughs) I forgot what a big GSB fan you were. (laughs) Right. Uh, oh, has anybody seen the jackets that got given out for the um, for the um? Sorry, oh, they are vicious, aren't they? They are vicious on the eyes. <laughs> if you've ever seen, so for for people that have been to Element Games and you've ever seen the eye melter play mats that we've got, they've basically taken one of them and turned it into a jacket. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I really had Chris, Chris one in Germany, and he was rocking it just for that. He's like, "This is awful, but I'm going to wear it all weekend." I'm going to wear it just to upset my opponents and make sure that they can't see it. Yeah, he had all the pins on it and everything. It was great. Fantastic. That's amazing. Like, Crispy shared a picture of it in one of the groups that we're in, and everyone was like, oh, that's a thing. And I was like, that's awful. And I'm really hoping he isn't (laughs) super proud of it because I'm not taking it back. I'm I'm sure he didn't post it up as a like this. Sure he didn't. So Aurelius, he's a lot younger than us, isn't he? So we're not really cool anymore. Aurelian, who was on the podcast a little while ago, French guy, he won one of those. And uh, he's threatening when he comes over for the Sith takeover and to bring it and give it to the loser as a booby prize. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, we do, kid. We've never we really kid. had booby prizes at a lot of our events here. Um, <laughs> and we have the I best one. The best one? What's it? We've got a... We've got a you tried trophy. <laughs> you tried nice. A like, really low quality, badly 
badly 3D printed, badly drawn 3D print of a star, basically, with you tried on it. It's awful. Um, and it falls apart when you try and do anything with it. And it's it's basically deliberately bad. And then we also give them some nice stuff as well to go with it. So um, it's becoming something of a badge of honor. <laughs> well, I remember looking forward to presenting that this year. Just <laughs> <laughs> decide who hands it out. Uh, so um, Ben's going to probably be running the the STO this year, um, so I get to play. Um, so that means I'll just sit down at the back and pay no attention to what's going on because I'll be in mid-table obscurity. Well, I guess it's actually not this year either, is it? It's next year. Next year. It is next year. It's just at the start. Just, because we've sold out so quick, it's throwing me off. I keep thinking it's, it's happening soon. I know. I know. I know. Congratulations Bye. on all the success of your events, guys. I mean, that's that's oh. that's something to say that you've sold out that many seats that far in advance, right? It makes us feel really happy. And as a friend pointed out, we basically just hit the marketing at exactly the right point when the world hype was massive, and the tickets just went. And then it it achieves um like almost terminal velocity in terms of you know oh well, the seats are selling out. I better buy one now. And you know once you've sold out half the seats in a in like half a day. Somebody goes, they've sold half the seats in half a day. You need to buy your ticket now, or you might not get one. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of everybody goes and buys tickets. Um, so You've also got um, 174 people signed up for the league as well. Oh, it's, been, it's bonkers. Yeah, that's, that's getting to like, tra- that's got like tragically hip concert tickets. Um, levels <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I've done gonna... one post on Facebook. I'm scared of doing it of one in case too many no. sign up. You'll be all right. You'll be all right for now. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to wrap it up because we've we've run a little bit long, but I think it was been it's been really valuable content. I've really enjoyed it as well. So, um, Timbo, have you got any shout outs that you want to do before we before we wrap up? I do. I have one very important shout out. Please, um, I would say this group knows him. Anybody who's listening from Canada definitely knows him. Evan Monkhouse, um, a long time community organizer, um, one of the captains of the Prototype Toronto League, um, first Prototype Toronto League Open, you know, his judge nationals a couple times, system open. One of the reasons that X-Wing in Canada is successful, a huge shout out and congratulations to him and his wife, Alexandra, who are expecting their first child uh, in less than three months' time. Boop, boop, boop. I'm always happy to hear about babies. I'm especially happy if I'm going to get to hug them. Devons, I won't, but um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that um, I am the broodiest. I'm broodier than some women, to be honest with you. I'm terrible. Um, I had to go and take medical steps so I wouldn't have any more babies. Otherwise, I'd have an absolute... Every time I see one, My child just made me decide I didn't want any more. Every time I see a baby, a children, I can take or leave, but babies, I'm like, oh, I want another one. Oh. The problem with babies is they turn into teenagers eventually. They do eventually turn into teenagers. That is the problem, yeah. They also haven't learned... They haven't learned how to stop vomiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, sincere thank you. Sincere, sincere thank you still, everybody, for letting me come on and, uh, and do a little bit of a song and dance. Um... Stampede City Open in Alberta, June 10th. Um, GRX Team Tournament, June 3rd. Uh, Capital City Bloodbath in Ottawa, the weekend of August 19th, which is the one after Gen Con. 
Um, and then the, the big uh, St. Lawrence Open in uh, La Belle Ville de Marial, Notre Amie Francaise, in the, in the, uh, in the fall. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that you need to do is you need to shout out to Corentin from France about your shared love of wine, although he oh. does just shout, it's not French wine, therefore it doesn't count out you every time you try and engage with him on it. I'm happy to discuss wine with everybody as long as they're not uh, of the mind where wine can only be good if it comes from one place. I'm, I'll talk about <laughs> wine or scotch or tequila or anything because I'm in the business, but yeah, if... Uh, if if you if your if your take is only the only wine is French wine, then then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, there's a quarantine only likes wine that comes in a can. Oh. <laughs> he's 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 literally gonna kick your face off next time he sees you for saying that, Ben. The worst bit is is as well is he totally could because that guy is a machine. Totally could. <laughs> yeah, he's a proper machine. I'd hate to see him actually mad. I think he might kill someone. So there's there's a guy on Instagram who's an, a funny Italian um, guy who uh, his wife always makes him drink French wine and he hates it because it's French wine, not Italian wine. And I can imagine that it's one of those hilarious European traits of wine drinkers that the country that I'm drinking wine from is the best place to have wine from. And maybe even only the region that I'm from or born in is the is the only type of wine that you should be drinking. We're in Britain. It's just like, does it get me drunk? Sweet. Oh, oh is this a bag of wine? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we used to buy a, um, a cheap version of Lambrini oh. when we were younger and drink a bag of that before we went to the student union. A bag. That tells you the yeah. quality. <laughs> drink a bag of wine and then go to the student union. <laughs> if the alcohol's not cheap enough, just buy a bag of wine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> the first uh, student house party I went to, I walked into the house and there was just a guy on this armchair with a bag of wine stooped over his shoulder and he was just <laughs> just sucking from the, uh, the nozzle. That's how we used to drink it from the nozzle. I'd have loved to have seen it on like a, one of those drip stands and you just squeeze it from above. Oh, who's drink it from the nozzle? Oh no, <laughs> the accent has started. <laughs> we used right, to buy it and my friend had a barge because there's no drink driving laws on a barge, so you can get drunk on a barge and drive it. <laughs> right. I mean, they only go about five miles an hour, so you, even if you crash, you don't do anything. Right. There's there's a hundred million stories we could all share with each other about grade eleven through thirteen uh, first you know beverages uh, dumpster fire stories that, that that come that way. But if you're ever genuinely interested in a great read, um, there's a book by a guy named Tom Standage, and it's called uh, uh, A History of the World in Six Glasses. The six glasses are beer, wine, spirits tea, coffee, and soda pop, and it follows Mesopotamia through Manhattan in the 50s, and the um, book is really great. It talks about some of the stuff that you wouldn't even think of, like when, when the early settlers landed in Kentucky in the U.S., they, they wanted to plant wine because they look at a map and they say, well, Kentucky and, and, and you know northern parts of the, the Midwest there, or the states, I should say, they're on the same level as France, but they should be able to grow wine there, right? They just didn't understand how ocean currents worked at that time in human history. So they planted mm -hmm. uh, corn and, and, and other types of 
grain and, and thus the bourbon world was born eventually. So it's just some really cool stuff if you ever want a fun history lesson about how, you know, beverages and tea and coffee, soda pop, it's been like attached to our culture for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's cool. Right? You're far too intelligent to be on this podcast, to be honest with you, Tim. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to put you on something a bit more highbrow. Put me in a t- put me in a Timbo timeout, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liam, have you got any shout outs you want to do? You probably want to shill your event at Board and Brum next month, don't you? Yeah, we've got an event on the twentieth of May. Uh, hopefully, looking for the same turnout as last time, and then on the seventeenth of June, uh, Ash Turner is hosting another charity event. Uh, actual shout outs. I'm going to shout out Timbo because last week I shouted out Papa Tim. Um, it was honestly just great meeting someone who created content that helped me learn the game in 1.0. Uh, I've also got three bottles of Canadian hospitality sat on my uh, <laughs> uh, sat on my shelves next to my decanters. Um, honestly, it was one of the highest level games of X-Wing I've had to play uh, when I met him at Worlds in round four of the LCQ. And it's not a game I'd expect to be playing in the LCQ. And it really went to the end and it ended up being a draw. Uh, but it was a great game and it was great meeting you. Back at you, mate. I, uh, I appreciated what you said when we played about um, speaking the cadence of like uh, phases and initiatives. It's, it's actually something I try to turn off. I mean, high level events that it's tough for me because you know I'm, I'm big in the community so whenever you're playing with rookies or local stuff that's just how i play every game so i read i read out the phases and the initiatives as we go but then when you get to high level events it's sometimes hard to turn it off but when you rocked up to the table and we had just this great vibe going really early in our game i'm like you know what this might be the lcq but let's let's have some fun let's let's see how the dice go you know yeah. Great. It was it to be fair, I think stuff like that, like it's it's good board play and I think it helps every player of every level, especially when it comes to missing triggers and stuff. If you miss your systems phase trigger and you move on, it's a real feels bad. So to have a player that actually discusses the thought process, then goes, right, then system phase, do you have anything? It helps jog the memory and you do end up getting a better game out of it because you don't win a game by a simple mistake because of a missed opportunity you win a game or you lose a game or you now draw a game when everything goes as right as it should. If you're relying on your opponent to forget to drop a proton bomb, then you've probably lost, right? Um, you know, this this moves perfect if he forgets about one of his critical upgrades. Um, and Did Liam just fall off his chair then? <laughs> no, I opened the back door for Boba because he's barking. <laughs> Um, and but yeah, refusing to come in. That's because you've said mean things about him. Um, never do that. <laughs> he was a good boy. Um, so, cheers, uh, Liam. Ben, have you any other shout outs? Yeah, I'm just going to shout out Lewis Taylor. He's a new player. He's the new players. But there's my nice thing for the week. I don't have to be nice ever again. Lewis is the new player who came on with he all is. of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I never remember anybody's names, to be honest. With you. Sorry, it's funny because he actually asked me your name today. <laughs> like, what was that Irish guy's oh, name again? Well, Lewis, as in 
your mate from work who's coming down yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, no, yes. I remember Lewis. Uh, I'll shout out the other uh, the other lads that have started coming down to um, to Element, whose names I can never remember. Who've all introduced themselves to me like six times. Um, <laughs> and I also want to give a quick shout out to DY2, who's getting back into X Wing as well um, after a kind of basically a year and a bit off, um, just because he couldn't get down on a Tuesday because of work and family stuff. Um, and uh, no motivation with the shift over to two point six. He's he's giving it a he's giving it a proper country try now. So um, he should have had the operation so he did it work it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, um, so we do D and D on a Thursday every other Thursday, but um, it's quite an erratic group as to whether it actually happens. So because he still is close to me, if it gets cancelled, he just comes around anyway. But brings his X wing stuff instead. Um, so kind of talking him through all the scenarios and everything like that and hopefully he'll be able to get back so it'll be all good right um that's my shout out um oh shout out to Koga too who are turning around a short notice um order for us so that we've got stuff to hand out at the uk games expo okay your um big respect to john and michaela um, yeah they treat us well don't they they do do uh Right, I think that's us done for tonight. Unless um, Tim, other Tim, original Tim, have you got anything else you wanted to? Yeah, I'll um, I'll give uh, Lou the Lunatic a little shout out because we had a cracking game uh, Friday night, I think, for the Tonton League, uh, in which both of us uh, could not fail but roll absolute fire on our red dice and then uh, blanks on our green dice. So. Uh, I managed to ki- kill Previsla with Vader, Backstabber, and Morlin Mithril in one round of shooting. So I'm, was... I'm not gonna lie, I love games like that. I love games yeah. where it's I mean, I, and red dice. like Vader as well. Like uh, Vader got shot once. I blanked out, lost all his shields. I think Django, yeah. So three hits, blanked out, lost all his shields. Then Django's about to drop a proximity mine. I think I'm okay here, providing I don't take probably two damage or one or two damage from the commandos that have been dropped. The commanders only roll hit crit out of hand and Vader blanks out again. <laughs> and then so like I'm now sat, sat, sat there on like one, I might, maybe I roll, I got, I got one paint, but and then, yeah, like the proximity mind just squished Vader and I'm just like, okie doke. But um, no, it was, yeah, it was, it was a really good game. Uh, it, it basically came down to, I think, Grievous versus two TIE fighters. But um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good fun game on a Friday night after, you know, a, a busy week at work. So thank you very much, Lou. So here's the question. Whatever happened to the maths that said four double modded four dice attacks to kill that battle of Yavin Vader? Hmm? Or, <laughs> or one unmodded range three from a two dice gun. That's the other thing that kills him. I like I love this Imperial list, but I do miss my defensive mods so badly. Been that <laughs> running them solidly for like you know ten months to a year. I've rolled two blanks and a focus. Oh, three of aids, I suppose. Right, yeah. that'll do. I had to spend some things and do some things, but three of aids. It's just how it goes. Cool. All right, cheers, mate. Um, all right. Um, Liam, you've already done yours. You forgot to shout out Board and Brum. That's why I'm confused. So there we go. Shout out to Board and Brum. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks very much, uh, Timbo, for coming on again. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I think um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And I know we've gone for like nearly an hour and three quarters, which is longer than normal. So, apologies to our listeners who are going to have to listen to this over four commutes rather than three, but never mind. Um, <laughs> 
so on that note, it's going to be a uh, goodbye from Timbo. Take care, everybody. Uh, I'll say goodbye from Ben. Bye. From Liam. Toodles. From Timbo. Other Tim, I mean. Our Tim. Okay, Tim. Other Tim. The, one, oh, the other right Tim. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> now for me, we'll speak to you all soon. Bye-bye.